Good day and welcome to another edition of Overtime with Rom. Canadian country superstar Tim Hicks is our guest today. He's got a brand new single that's called The Good, The Bad and The Pretty. So sit back, relax, crank it up and enjoy my conversation with Tim Hicks. Well, hello there, Tim. It's great to talk to you, man. Good to talk to you. It's, when's this all going to be over? We can actually get a hang-in in the studio. It would be nice to get to know each other again. We never write. We never call. <laughs> <laughs> That's just pandemic life. It's like everything's just everyone's just hit the pause button on, on everything. Tell me how it's been, though, as a guy who's used to getting on the road and being in and out and traveling. How's this staying-at-home thing working for you? Yeah, we've we've had no choice but to make it work. Um, and and I'm not going to lie, it was a difficult transition to go from being on the front end of my you know first world tour uh, to full-on stay-at-home dad. Uh, but you know, I think that it's it's strange how and why things happen, and I think that. Uh, for me, it's really just given me an opportunity to focus on on home and being a husband and a father, and because it's been a really busy eight years. Um, you know, it's kind of actually good to to get it in in that mode. Uh, but that being said, I mean, I'm itching to get back out like everyone else is. I mean, I, I want to get back to work. I want to see life return to normal. Um, you know, I want the world to heal and and get over this thing. Uh, but I but I have enjoyed being at home you know that's i've never been at home this long before well it's leading to some great ideas for writing the new one the good the bad and the pretty written with the two derricks tell us about this one tim yeah so actually we wrote that before the pandemic we we were um we were all part of the ccma songwriting camp that happened last january up in muskoka uh which was fantastic get a a group of producers a group of artists and a group of songwriters and everyone just kind of wrote and worked with everybody over the course of a week and that was one that that we wrote and and then the best part was is that it was it was so fast like you had to write and demo it and in time and mix it all in time to play for everyone that night and it was just you know it was one that i had the title you know the good the bad and the ugly i thought that'd make for a good country song and we talked it over and then as a joke i started saying the good the bad and the pretty and Derek Rattan's ears perked up and he said that's really interesting i said are you serious <laughs> he said yeah i've never heard anyone say that so we kind of wrote wrote the song around the idea of you know, sort of paying tribute to all those bars that i played you know over the course of the years because typically i would do one you know kind of small bar in every community between here and ottawa and back and and uh, i met a lot of really great people in those places so i, I kind of wanted to pay tribute to them in the good the bad and the pretty you talk about all those small bars you used to play at. I'm sure you've taken some experiences from those to put into your big stadium shows. What did you learn by playing those small venues? Well, if you ask the band that, they would say nothing changed because we we kind of we kind of put on the same show when we were doing covers in small bars as we do when we play Meridian Center. Um, in that, you know, all that stuff, like all that audience participation stuff that I do, like come on, sing along, stomp your feet, clap your hands. Uh, we were doing that in bars. And it, the, the reason I did that was because it was difficult to get and capture people's attention, you know, when they're eating their chicken wings. So, um, you know, one of the things that I learned when I was in, I was in this Beatles tribute band and we, we toured all around the world. And I learned from that band that if you tell people, stand up, clap your hands, most of the time they'll do it. Yeah. And, and um, when I got back from doing that gig, I just kept doing that in all, at all my gigs. And, uh, you know, pe- people seemed to really enjoy it. And, and the, the best I can come up with is that, when they left the show, whether it was at a place like the Duck in St. Catharines or whether it was at, at a bigger venue, they said, wow, I had a really great time. They, they didn't necessarily know why, but it was because they were involved. And uh, so, so really, it was, just, it was just good training. It was like 18 years of getting ready you know, for 
the possibility to one day have a career where we get to play big venues, you know? So we just sort of take the same show and, and just make it bigger and, and uh, a little bit more full of life, you know, when you've got some production and pyro and backdrops and all that stuff. Yeah, which do you enjoy more, playing the small venues or the large stadium shows? I, I like them both for different reasons. I love, especially now, I love to play small clubs because mm. it, it, it feels like we're a big band coming back to play a small venue right. and it's sweaty and it's hot and you can reach out and touch people. But I do love the vastness standing on a catwalk in the middle of an arena, um, you know, after sound check or during sound check and thinking, wow, we're going to fill this, this room with noise. <laughs> you know, it's going to be, it's such a powerful thing, you know, to stand on the stage and, and check a mic and hear it echo through a room you know, like the Meridian Center or like, you know, and Cops Coliseum or any of those places, yeah. you know, it's, it's a thrill. So it's hard for me to, to pick what I like better because each are valuable and each are different. And I love all the venues that we play. And that, that's the beauty about touring in Canada, too, is like one night you play an arena, the next night you're playing a little playhouse theater in a smaller town. And then the next night you're playing the Commodore Ballroom. You know what I mean? So you kind of get a mix when you're out on tour. And, and that's a, a valuable thing. What gets me excited for live music, hearing you talk like that. But where do you think it's going to go, Tim, in terms of uh, where we will be with live music, gatherings of that size? How do you think it's going to go? I don't really know. I mean, I don't have the answers, mm. and I don't think anybody does. I mean, my wife's a public health nurse, and I, I trust her opinion, but I, I don't even think she knows. And I, I think, it's, if I'm honest, I think it's going to be a long time before, you know, the public confidence is restored in large venues, or large uh, gatherings, rather. Mm. Um, and I, I think that it's going to be a slow comeback and, and that's because it's, everything's happening slow. Like, you know, if you would have asked, if you would have asked me, you know, in March, like, put it this way in March, I was still thinking we were going to headline Havelock in July, I right. thought, ah, a couple of weeks, we'll get this thing licked and everything's going to be fine. Mm. And yet here we are a year later and we're just starting to roll vaccines out and there's, you know, there's delays and it's, it just, it just seems like everything is taking so long. So I, I would be surprised if we are able to get out on the road by the fall um, and, and likely, you know, more like this time next year, unfortunately. But I could be wrong. Like, you know, if we can ramp up vaccines and people start feeling good and they can offer rapid tests at the concert venues and people feel good about it, then, then maybe we'll be able to get back sooner than later. Um, that's not to say that we can't do another summer of drive-in shows and, and sort of acoustic separated gigs, but I do long for the days of hearing 5,000 people sing Get By With Me. Yeah, know? right. So um, I, I really, I, I don't know when we're going to get back to that, but I know we will at some point, and I'm super excited for that time. Well, we're certainly all excited for an upcoming Tim Hicks show in the future, but for now, we'll take new music, the good, the bad, and the pretty. Very excited for this one. Tell me, how does this one differ from all the others you've done, sir? With every record you do, you learn a little bit more about songwriting and about who you are as an artist, and... Uh, you know, I mean, we're, we're far from done. I mean, likely we'll release a full deal uh, record or EP later on this year. Um, but uh, for now, you know, we'll put the good, the bad, and the pretty out and, and, and cross our fingers that we're able to get out and play it live. Because for me, I mean, that's where it's at. I mean, all these songs are all rooted in, in a live show, and they all serve a purpose for a set list. Um, and it's, I like making records, too, but, it, you know, I make records as a conduit to get out on the road. So, so for me... Um, you know, it's 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 kind of hard to be on the sidelines. But that being said, I, I think the good, the bad, and the pretty really captures a lot of great energy, and uh, it's just fun, man. It's just a fun song that I think people are going to be able to tap their feet to, and then we can finally do it live. Um, it's it's got an arena rock 
um, kind of tinge to it that, that will suit itself to a tour, you know, and, and I really can't wait to get up and play live. Well, I love the title. I love the idea behind the song. Excited for the new release, Tim Hicks. Good, the bad, and the pretty February 19th. Tim, take care of yourself and the family, and we'll look forward to seeing you live down the road. Will do. Thanks, Rob. Well, that's it for this edition of Overtime with Rob. A special thanks to my guest, Tim Hicks. Make sure you get his brand new single, The Good, The Bad, and The Pretty, wherever you get your music. And until next time on Overtime, peace. Peace.